Welcome. This is Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And today, on my 46th episode, I have receiver from the Mayville Comets, Mr. Ethan Snarch. How's it going, brother? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing well. We're up bright and early here to talk ball. I appreciate you getting on with me. Let's talk a little bit about your background growing up in the Snurch family, maybe some sports you played before football. I grew up, started playing soccer really, like really, really like Timbit soccer when okay. you had those jerseys that you can, after the game, you go, you go lift up the jersey, they give you free donuts or whatever back in those days. But other than that, I, I started playing football really young. Like I started playing football at like eight years old. And it was like 2009, for, first season ever for the Valor Patriots. I was, I was honored to be a part of that. And cool. ever since then, it's pretty, pretty much been football since day one. How about talking about those days at Valor? Talk about just your your, your early days playing football. Some of those players I, I played with ever since back in 2009, I'm still like extremely close with to this day. Like football builds the best friendships, I think. And just playing, growing up playing with those guys, it has been, it was, it was great. We, on on the team, on the football side of things, we probably always finished around 500. We never really had a true winning or a true losing season till second year, my last year of Bantam. We were, we went six and two. We were supposed to win it all, but we, we ended up choking in the playoffs, the Portage Pitbulls. But, but that team, that Ballard team, like there are a huge number of players that have, are playing at the next level, like to this day. So that that team was full of talent. So so Ethan, why don't you why don't you talk about a few of those guys? Who who are those guys that were your teammates? Yeah, Peyton Yakimishin, absolute stud for the Bisons. Mm-hmm. He uh, he is a great person, great player. We got Zach Wynn, who's also a receiver for the Bisons. We got Harper Brown playing with the Rifles right now, just coming off an ACL injury. I I expect a huge year for him next year. We got Will Smith. I'm pretty sure he's playing D-line for the Rifles right now. And there's probably a few others, but I just can't think of them right Yeah, now. fair enough. So a lot of good players that you grew up playing with. And then you go to Daniel Mack to play for the Maroons. Talk about being at Daniel Mack and, and playing there for your high school career. When I was making my decision to go to high school, I was initially going to go to gonna go to Kelvin but I think me and my me and my buddies just thought we're in a group and we're talking we're like let's just stay in the West End let's just go right down the road to Daniel Mack and let's try to build that program from the ground up talk about a little bit of your successes you guys playing some big games throughout your high school career great tenure we were so young because we were it's pretty much all the all the Valor guys coming coming to Daniel Mack so we were pretty much like a JV team playing uh playing varsity essentially so we finished one and six but i i was had the honor of meeting my best friend one of my best friends to this day nathan lateo who was in grade 12 at the time he was a quarterback of the team the leader of the team but he ended up breaking his foot so we had to go in with a with a a freshman or sophomore quarterback and Mm -hmm. it was just kind of wasn't the best season but it was a great learning experience for all of us and grade 11 we all we put in work in the off season and we no idea what to expect coming in. Like we had no idea. We all of a sudden we were four and oh, five and oh. Next thing you know, we were seven oh going in into playoffs and we finished off undefeated. And that like that that team and just that experience of winning a championship with them was just it was outstanding. So we were in the A division for that, uh, for my grade eleven year. We're moving up to double A, which great for the program, but we were losing, we were graduating tons of players. So we had a roster of 
25 playing in double a so i think we had seven two-way starters and but we we made it work in my opinion we were we were probably a top four team in double a but due due to like technicalities we we got bumped down to the lower playoff brackets we're playing for the consolation but we ended up winning the consolation finals so i i could say i won two championships in high school (laughs) Yeah, so awesome to reference Nathan Lateo, quarterback that I've been able to work with and train. He's been the Rod's major quarterback for a number of years, and and I met him through you, through training you. And you know, he uh, he coaches with me at Oak Park. He's helping coach the quarterbacks, and he's also coaching my daughter's grade nine basketball team at Churchill now that he's a student teacher there. And guess who's the assistant coach? This guy. Uh, I heard. I heard. Yeah. I, heard, I heard you guys are an unstoppable coach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're going we're gonna to find out real quick. Back at it for second quarter action with Coach Gies and Ethan Snurch. So, Snurch, we uh, we kind of got into a little bit of your background coming up in the game playing football community-wise for Valor and then for Daniel Mac Maroons. What led to your your love for the game of football? How did How did you get so involved in the game and, and just your overall passion it's easy to see as a coach how much you love the game so who who gave you that love for football growing up like my grandpa and my dad i i don't even know how old i was when i started going to bomber games but my grandpa my grandpa has had season tickets since the year my dad was born 1975 wow. so just family of bomber fans yeah um also, how I started like playing and like lo- loving to play is one of my best friends to this day, uh, my buddy AJ. We would always he lives right across my street, and we'd always just play catch. We would get get the kids in the neighborhood and just play some backyard street street football, and yeah. we would just that's how I truly starting to enjoy football is definitely play, playing playing with my buddies and all that. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your training. You go through those high school days. You have the passion to continue playing after high school. You trained with me at Big Air. Now, I have one memory of, it was actually, we were running a workout at Maple Grove. So this was the first year that I was on staff with the rifles. And I remember I was driving to practice and I saw this guy on the side of the road riding his bike to Maple Grove. And I didn't take anything. I just, I looked, I was like, oh, I kind of recognize that guy. I didn't really know at the time. We go, we practice. I realize after practice, you jump on your bike to ride home. And I connect the dots. And I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, this guy lives in the West End. How did he, he rode his bike from the West End to Maple Grove? Like, how far is that? Right? Uh, that was that was a good over an hour bike ride. Absolutely. Google Maps took me like on the side of the highway and i said i was biking so i'm like oh okay <laughs> anyways i i just wanted to point that out to kind of show like what kind of passion and dedication you had for just getting better because not many kids would ride their bike from the west end dude all the way to maple grove so kudos to you i'll never forget that that was kind of a cool thing talk about training with big air you've been with me for a number of years you've kind of grown through the program you've kind of seen where we've kind of gone with it talk about uh talk about training with us and kind of what you've learned from that and what you take away from it i can't remember when i joined i feel like it was between my grade 11 grade 12 year yeah and my dad, my dad was like, "Hey, we." My dad's always looking for camps for me to join or whatever. So he's like, "Hey, we found this awesome this camp that sounds awesome. They have DBs, they got fun, fundamental receiver training and stuff." So 
So I'm like, oh, I'll try it out. I I was one of the younger guys when yeah. I started, so it kind of like took me a little bit to fit in. But mm-hmm. I truly saw my talent and my skill just rise after I joined Big Air. Like it taught me the fundamentals, the little things in being a receiver, how to work hard. You know what? One of the things that I love the most that just organically happened is is how we have the older guys with the younger guys and. When I when I first started, I was like, you know, it'd be better if we had two age groups or, or whatever and separate the guys for skill level. And sometimes, you know, and you you could be a test of this in workouts or sometimes where you're running routes and maybe there's a young Q throwing you the ball and he's not super accurate and maybe it's a little frustrating here yeah. and there. But I think overall, what that's done is really kind of developed its own kind of mentorship program for the young guys. And now we see guys like yourself, guys like Josh Cherison that have been with me from kind of the day one. And now you're kind of the old dogs now and you're leading the troops and you're coaching and you're helping. And I, I just, for me, that makes me super proud that Big Air has done that. And I think like I get a lot of feedback from the parents after camps, especially from the younger guys, that, like how much they appreciate that. And they just see how we all work together. And, and that's been pretty awesome. And you've definitely been part of that. So pretty cool. Um, I appreciate you working with me. Let's Let's talk a little bit about, so after high school, you're training with me. You, I'm at the rifles. You end up at the rifles. I don't know if that was indirectly or directly correlated or not, but uh, but nonetheless, you come play for us for a year. Um, talk about the experience playing for the rifles right out of high school. Coming out of high school, I no idea where I wanted to play, where I was going to play, but obviously, training with you, you inviting me to all your all your camps, even when it was just quarterbacks, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I want to. I'm I'm sticking with Coach Keys, so obviously that 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 was the factor me choosing to play for the rifles went through training camp i thought i had a decent camp obviously i was one of the younger guys still adjusting to the next level mm-hmm. got switched got switched to running back which was uh, it was really new for me but for sure the rifles they they taught me how to put my head down and just work i really loved working with you and your offense i i loved your scheme i loved your play calling it was i i really liked i really loved it but it was unfortunately a tough decision to leave after that year, but I I personally thought it would just be better for me personally to leave. So and kind of the reason for you moving from receiver to running back was honestly a numbers game for us. It was the fact yeah. that we had a really deep receiver roster, and but we wanted you to have a shot to play, and we knew we had some pretty studly starting running backs. But moving you in there, especially as talented as a pass catcher you were, and we were using the running back as a receiver as well. It just made sense to us, and, and we thought it made our roster better. So that was kind of the idea of why. So we we really saw your talent and wanted to best use it and make sure you weren't 8th, ninth, 10th on the receiver depth chart, right? So that was kind of the reason for that. Yeah, so I end up leaving after that season as well. COVID happens, slaps us in the mouth, you know, rocks the world, whatever you want to say from there. After kind of COVID clears, end up moving to Kamloops to play for the Broncos, part of the BCFC. Uh, talk about the experience of, of moving away from home, playing junior for a full season, getting a lot of playing time, competing every day. Uh, what was that like? Initially, what led to my decision to go over to Kamloops specifically is uh, I got like that's where my mom's from. She, my my grandma's out there, my aunts, my cousins are out there. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? I I still got family out there, and Coach Banky, a, a, a guy from Winnipeg, runs a great program. So I'm like, it's honestly a perfect fit. It's it's a far it's a far ways away, but I think I can make it work. Mm-hmm. It was my my first time living away from home, which is a little, you know, you know how it goes. Yep. So and especially I did I, I I couldn't go I couldn't just go back to my parents. 
because I was so far away. So I just had to, I just had to make it work. I was working, uh, I was working the graveyard shift at, uh, at Planet Fitness, which was okay. a challenge. But what was good about those 4 a.m. shifts is no one's working out at that time. So you can just work out on the job when yeah. you're done your cleaning pretty much. Uh, that was a good thing about that. But just that sleep schedule was a little, a little harsh, but you know, I, I made it work. I made it work with the football and, and yeah, just fit, fitting in. I, I really like that offense. Playing in that offense is really, really fun. It's just we didn't have, I would say, the dedication that we needed. And they, they really, I really like looking looking at their season, like this past season, mm -hmm. they really got that like dedication and they got some more key guys to step up and step in. They had a really good year this year. Back at it for third quarter action with Ethan Snurch. So, Snurch, you are now playing at Mayville State for the comments as a receiver. How did that work out? How did you end up down there? How did uh, how did it all transpire for you to make the decision to leave Canada to move to the States and play for Mayville? You hit up uh, Coach Larson for yeah. the head coach of the comments and told him about me. And I went, I, I think you you hit him up on a Thursday, I think. Yeah. And you're, or Wednesday or Thursday, and you're like, hey, can you go on a visit this weekend? And I'm like, oh, I mean, I have my passport. I can probably make it work. So, uh, and, that, and that's when the uh, the stuff at the border was happening. It took me like three hours just to get through the border. It was crazy. But went went on my visit, had a really good visit. I really liked it. It's a bit of a smaller campus. So it's like a, if you're running late for class, like from my dorm, it's a two-minute walk. Okay, so it's awesome. like it, – it's perfect. It works out. I really like the canvas. I really like the coaching staff, the players. And the thing that probably sold me the most was the football culture there. The culture that Coach Larson is building with the Comets is just outstanding. And I am just excited to see how what the future holds for this program. Because I it's it's going nowhere but up. Oh, that's great to hear. And, and yeah, I was able to make a contact with Coach Larson. So there's a couple other Manitobans that had been uh, playing at Mayville for the last couple of years, uh, the Della Rock boys. So I had sort of a loose connection through a buddy of mine and, and yada, yada, yada. We we get this opportunity and, and sure enough, this works out for you. So it's great. So I, I want to talk about a few things about just the adjustment of, of making that decision. So number one, do you feel like living in the States? I know it's North Dakota. It's only a few hours from, from Winnipeg, a couple hours. But uh, is it different living in the States? And and also, how, how have you adjusted to being on campus and going to school and playing college football? There's a lot of new things that happened this last year for you. So how have you handled all that stuff? Well, first off, I'm from Winnipeg, a pretty big city. Moving to the small town, North Dakota, is... It's been, it, I would say it's been a challenge. It's just, it's different. different and it's yeah. just different. They, they, they act like I'm from a different planet. Well, but I'm a, literally from three and a half hours away. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not. Uh, so they, they just think I'm a, I'm an alien or something. It's crazy. But <laughs> living on campus, like I, 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 again, I've lived, I've lived away from home before. So mm -hmm. it's nothing new with that. But just being in a different country has been a pretty big adjustment. Living on campus in the dorms, it's been nothing but great. I got some great roommates to uh, get along very well. And Were you in school before you went to Mayville? I was taking like, online like certification programs for like personal okay. training, but wasn't in like true school. Yeah. So right now I'm, uh, I'm taking business right now in, uh, in school. So it's a nice four-year program there. 
Awesome. And just the adjustment to that, has that been a, a big adjustment getting back into the regular flow of being in school and being in a classroom? Not really an adjustment. I just kind of, I just kind of missed it. Honestly, it's, I, I mean, I, I love, I love the grind. So it's uh, the college football grind is, is definitely for me. I really love it. Okay. So here, here's the one thing that whenever I talk to players that I'm trying to help get, get recruited and whatnot, when we talk about American schools, obviously cost always comes up. So this is kind of a unique situation at Mayville. And, and maybe you can kind of explain a little bit of what you were telling me off air about the reasons why the cost isn't so much and, and why it would be comparable to maybe, like you had said, uh, moving and playing in Saskatchewan and playing university football there, that the cost is relatively the same to play at Mayville that it is to maybe go to a U sports school. So can you talk about that, Ethan? So going down there, the first thing they hit you with is, well, one of the first things they hit you with is, look at our prices. It's not not as much as if you wanted to go to UND, NDSU. It's a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. And we have, and they have like a special like price for students from Manitoba for, and from Saskatchewan specifically from Canada. Awesome. So obviously you're still considered an international student, but you don't got to pay as much. And on top of some scholarship money and just them helping you out. It's relatively the same if, or if I wanted to go to Alberta, Saskatchewan, BC, play university there pretty much would have been the same, the same thing. And the unique thing about the universe about Mayville is the small class sizes. I really like that. That that's another thing that really sold me to go there. If I were to go to U of S or something, I would have been in a classroom full of, yeah, what, hundreds 100 to 300 people yeah i think my biggest class size is like 20 oh wow okay so you can really have like a true like like connection with the teacher and your classmates and actually ask questions and actually like learn right right and not just like google everything right yeah. and just look at the lecture after type of thing oh, that's outstanding that's outstanding that's great and thanks thanks for talking about the financial piece because i think that's big for guys that are looking to go there so let's get into this past season 2022 were you able to get on the field at all for the comments how did it work out for you i uh played mainly special teams i was on uh i was on kickoff i was on kick return i was i was the back of long snapper which is a pretty fun experience okay i didn't Going in, I didn't even know I could long snap. Messing around one day before practice, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Hey, let me try it." I remember because I, I spent I spent some time training with Mike Benson of the of the yeah. Big Blue Ball, his uh, his program there. So I, I like know like the fundamentals on how to mm-hmm. long snap. So I'm like, "Hey, let me try it out." Absolute missile. I'm gonna show coach that I can do this. <laughs> it, it was like it was like week four, and and the long snappers coach was the receivers coach. Oh. So he was so he was so mad that I, I didn't tell him before, but I honestly had no idea I could right. do it. <laughs> so yeah, I was a backup long snapper. Offense wise, receiver wise, it, it, it took it took me a few weeks to like really get the the adjustment from the Canadian game to the American game, getting off the jam because they're within a yard. So mm-hmm. that like. There, there, there were times where I would be jammed out of bounds, but I think the coaches truly saw like my route running. I think the biggest thing was my hands that they really liked. So they're like, "Hey, we, we can work with that." Spent a few weeks on scout, which isn't bad though, because like you play against a starting defense, so it, it truly right. gets you better. So I started making those improvements. I think my jam, my press release, still needs a little bit of work, but 
my my game my game my adjustment to the american game has got what well, got a lot better as the season went along later in the season the last couple of weeks few few injuries happened and i got i got to start getting reps with the ones and the twos and i i, I made some plays on in scrimmage and stuff so and they, they're like oh that's it's good to see but obviously i got i got in for a couple of drives on offense but sure. But no, it's it's still I gotta wait wait my turn and that receiving core, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that receiving core is outstanding. They're great guys and even better players. Like they are insane players. Oh my goodness! Well, it's awesome that you got to kind of get your feet wet and, and get used to the American game and get some time and, and get some reps at receiver. Also, that that long snap thing. Don't uh, don't sell that short, buddy. I've got a I, I, I got a great friend that played in the CFL for eight years and won two great cups because he could long snap. So it's uh. It's something that could give you a career in itself if if you get really good nope. at it. So that that that's why I'm like I'm happy. I know that I can do it because hey, the C, the CFL is always looking for Canadian players and especially Absolutely. a long snap. Yep, <laughs> that's a Canadian spot, buddy. You kind of get yourself used to playing American ball and all that stuff going through the full season in 2022. What are you looking forward to this off season and into next season? Where do you see yourself taking your game, and what do you, is there more opportunity moving forward? I think so. I really see myself staying here for the whole four, four, four years and just started the off season lifts uh, last week and off season looking great so far. We got a lot of guys that are dedicated and want, want to see the program succeed and want to see us do well next year. We had a few guys graduate. So hopefully, I mean, obviously have, have the chance to fill the spot, yeah. but I, I got to put in the work, put in the time to, potentially get on the field and i think i i really see myself getting some playing time next year hopefully no i think you will too man you're you're a grinder just stay with it and you'll be good back at it for fourth quarter action with wide receiver from the mayville state comments mr ethan snurch so snurch i uh i didn't physically we didn't talk to one another but i saw you at the at the west semifinal Bombers and BC Lions, you were uh, a number of rows ahead of me. I could have screamed and yelled at you, but I didn't want to be a fool, so I didn't do that. But uh, but your dedication to our Bombers coming home for the weekend to watch the playoff game, I know you watched the Grey Cup. You know, we fell hard, and, and that was an unfortunate game. What were your thoughts about the Grey Cup overall? We started off strong. I think Caleros was trying really hard not to show his injury, but yeah. I really, I truly think his injury is what was stopping him and our passing game because he – under through shown what two to three times for yeah. wide open touchdowns like in season those are usually easy money plays that's how that's how they get their offense going right but right they couldn't hit the receiver and i and i really i love buck pierce as an oc but i really did i i don't even think that was his call when they brought in who's our backup again pro cop yeah when they brought when they brought in when they brought through in and when they 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 tried doing like a little read option and like a dump off to, yeah. to Brady, but the D end uh, for Toronto made a really good play and and hit hit Brady out of the flat so he couldn't be the he wasn't the main target anymore so it forced him to throw the ball deep he was open for the corner but he just threw a terrible ball and doing that on first and that was at first and ten I think the game really changed after that I want to talk a little about just the environment of being at the Great Cup you get there obviously stadium what. 30 something thousand people. I say probably 
10 to 15,000 Bomber fans, and you can re- you can really tell. Yeah. But you can also really tell all the Saskatchewan fans that bought out the tickets and just bought the tickets just to boo the Bombers. Right. There's a lot of Bomber fans getting heckled and just booed at. and So the stadium was pretty much cleared out after the third quarter. And that was like, it was rough to see just because you're like, man, they, these... These seats could have been filled by Bomber fans. Yeah, but for sure. Obviously, it was it was a game changer that Bombers were being booed on offense and all that. So it had an effect. Last week on the podcast, I talked to the guys that were on about that uh, crew cop situation, and to me, you know, when I watched it on film, the wideout, like you're right, the corner route's open, um, but but also the wideout is also running a vertical, and so it looks like they got two guys running in the same spot. It, to me, it looked like. They were trying to be cute, and I agree with you that maybe it just wasn't a good play call at the time. But uh, yeah. but Toronto didn't like usually in those scenarios where crew crops run in some sort of QB run or zone read action that sort of thing. They would bring pressure, right? Or they would play cover zero or or those kind of things. So I know the Bombers were thinking, okay, they're gonna they're gonna get a man look, and we're gonna take a shot down the field or or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I just I just think it was almost I don't know if it was a route bust or what, but. But yeah, very impactful play in the in the game, like just a turnover at a bad time and, and just almost outthinking yourself. And I can relate to that where as an OC, you're trying to get things going. You know, you've got things worked up. You you've you know, you ran play one and two that leads to play three, and you're ready for it and you call it, and then you just don't get the right look and and you know, it backfires. So I I can feel for it, but I agree with you that it just wasn't the right call at the right time. I think that the bombers also got away from running the ball a little bit. Like Brady was having a pretty good day on the ground and they kind of just in the later in the game, just kind of stopped running the ball and, and, you know, kind of, I think that had an effect, but, but give it to Toronto because Toronto played a hell of a game and, uh, and took it to the Bombers and Andrew Harris, Andrew Harris gets the three peat. Let's switch gears though and get off the CFL here and get into the NFL. I know you're a Patriots fan. I just want to ask you straight up who, who is the Patriots OC? Matt Patricia. Yeah, it is. Him and Bill seem to have a pretty good relationship, I guess. That's why he's bringing them back. Had a pretty bad season in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can see there's a video going around of Mac Jones just cussing him out. He's saying, pass the effing ball. Last week against Minnesota, he threw for pretty much should have been 403 mm-hmm. tutties. I don't know if you saw the Hunter Henry play. Yeah, I did. But yeah, that's a touchdown. That yeah. has to be a touchdown. But sure. so he threw for what 382 tutties. Mac Jones' best game in, in his career. How do you go from doing that to I mean, I guess Buffalo's defense is really good, but how do you go from him performing like that to sit to eight pass attempts? You yeah. can't, it can't be. I, th- I think Mac Jones is the guy, mm-hmm. he's just gotta stay healthy and just get he once his confidence is up, he is a great quarterback. Yeah, I, I like him too. I don't necessarily think he's the problem. The whole and I knew the I knew the answer to the question I was asking because it definitely is Matty P that's calling the offense. I don't know why they just don't give him the title as the OC. It's kind of dumb, but uh, I don't know what you're hiding it from. But um, maybe just people taking more shots at you that a defensive guy is calling the offense. But I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. It is kind of strange at the at the pro level to switch a guy from one side of the ball to the other. But he's also had head coaching experience, so you think like he's more experienced than most. But nonetheless, your offense has definitely struggled struggled last week. And, and I agree with you that just kind of polar opposites from one game, from the Minnesota game to the Bills game in terms of how they call the plays. Now, that is sort of something that Bill Belichick has been great at in his career as coaching, that 
he doesn't do the same things every week, right? Like they almost reinvent their offense every week or, or their defensive looks to, to give the opposition a harder time. And, and that's been successful, but that's also when he had Tom Brady and, and a million, you know, all pros. And now that you maybe don't, it doesn't work so well. Right. So, um, nonetheless, uh, I agree with you as well. I think Mac Jones is the better quarterback over Bailey Zappi, but he's Bailey Zappi's looked okay when he's came in. Yeah. So he's yeah, no, he's no slouch either. I'm surprised to see what future holds for the, for that. Like, I, if Mac if Mac Jones doesn't improve and Zappy does, mm-hmm. Zappy might take over. But I, I I I really hope Mac Jones continues to get better. Like he's still young. What's oh, the yeah. second? He, he he's got a lot of time still. Absolutely, absolutely. And he he's the dude. They drafted him high, right? Like they're not just going to look to get rid of him. But no, but also New England is the kind of team that would take. You know, would start a guy that's that's uh you know a fifth or sixth round draft pick over a guy that's a number one. So you never know. All right, buddy. I want to finish off the podcast. It's been an awesome podcast to talk with you today. But let's finish off with your favorite receiver of all time and why. This might be a can I can I make this a four a four answer? Sure. Four, four answer. So I'm gonna are. go modern day NFL. Yeah. All time NFL. Okay. And then I'm gonna go modern day CFL and all time. Okay, I love CFL. it. Let's do it. All right. All right. So modern day NFL. It's gotta be Julian Edelman, of course. Mm-hmm. Patriots guy, just outstanding outstanding player. I hope he gets a shot at the Hall of Fame, but you know, after after the end of uh, ending of his career, I probably won't happen. But he's de- he'll go down as a Patriots great, that's for sure. Yeah. Um all time NFL. Got to be Steve, my boy Steve Largent with the Seahawks. Ooh, Steve over thirteen thousand receiving yards, over a hundred touchdowns, and he's just a baller. No, mm. I like this. No gloves. He's just a just a stud. Classic. Um, I I don't know if you would consider this modern day CFL, mm. but my boy Terrence Edwards from the Bombers. Okay. But Buck Buck Pierce's favorite target. He yeah. was an abs- absolute monster. Growing up and watching him just score all the touchdowns. That, that was great. And obviously, all time CFL's got to be Bill Steagle. Yeah. Obviously, got got to got to go. <laughs> all right, I love it, man. Those are great selections. Uh, it's been great to have you on today and talk ball, and, and it's good to see you being successful in your endeavors in, in Mayville. And I wish you all the best. Uh, have a great off season in your training. Get bigger, faster, stronger, and uh, learn to get off that jam. We can uh, we can get you some big air workouts in the winter time if you can make it back home, and we can work some of that stuff. But uh, but again, man, thanks for being on. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. You take care of yourself, and we'll talk next time.